hello, sweetie darlings. This is T. You are tuned in to Burning Tarot. And with all of the crazy stuff that's going on this time of year, we have a lot of astrological wackadoodleness happening. And it's the Samhain season, which has its own um, beauties and challenges. So with all that stuff going on, I thought we needed to have, you know, an extra card pull. Okay, all right. So I needed an extra tarot card reading. (laughs) And I thought I would share it with y'all, as I like to do in Burning Tarot Land. Uh, Because I'm having a hard time, and a lot of my friends and a lot of my clients are also having a hard time. Uh, We are doing our podcast today from... we're, We're still in the forest, but we're indoors because the wind is doing these crazy gusts and it's too much even for uh, if I were to record with my wind cover the wind sock thingy Um, so we're just inside looking out there I had a wonderful walk out there earlier with a friend and it's lovely to see the earth changing and that's what this time of year is really about it's about transformation and change You can really feel that in the springtime when you start noticing. I mean, it depends where you live and if you really have seasons where you live. But our uh, Western practices like tarot and different types of magics and all sorts of fun things often follow the um, Northern and often European traditions. So these are places that that did have noticeable seasons that, that continue to have those. And um, so if you think of springtime, right, it's a time of transition. We're waking up. If right now, if you are listening from the southern hemisphere, that's where you are, right? You are in uh, Beltana season, Beltane time. And the flowers are coming out. And there's a, a quickening. We feel it. We feel it in ourselves and in the nature around us that we are completely attached to. Well, up here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're doing the opposite of that. We are in Samhain season, that's spelled S-A-M-H-I-N. And it doesn't necessarily mean like Halloween night. It means there's a whole season of Samhain. And some would say that lunar Samhain culminates or some say it ends, depends who you talk to, (laughs) at the full moon that we will be having a full lunar eclipse on election day, November, what is it, the 8th. So just by, you know, I'm just trying to say there's a hell of a lot going on. Some of us are responding to it um, with a lot of emotion uh, and perhaps difficulty. And I'll just throw myself into that little bucket there (laughs) of the people who are oversensitive to this stuff and having a hard time. Whoa, the wind is just tossing the ponderosa pine trees all about. The giant, you know, they have those really long pine needles and those needles that are ready to drop are amber in color and they're being flung all over. And then the green branches are flinging craziness out there. So even though we're not out there in nature, we can still say hi to it. Hi, nature. What's up, man? 
So yeah, so I wanted to draw some cards um, addressing my own state of difficulty and the fact that I've been hearing such interesting things from friends and tarot clients and astrology clients. Sounds like everybody's having a weird time. And yet most of us seem to recognize that it's taking us somewhere. It's just a matter of can we, can we stick with this enough <laughs> to get to the next spot. So I pulled another three-card reading for us. And it begins with, oh boy, the Ten of Swords. Da, da, da. So this is a very pleasant-looking card. We are, by the way, using the, you know, kind of old-school um, Smith Rider Weight RWS deck. And uh, oh, there's a bunch of loud newspapers in the way. I'm going to move those. All right. So, yeah, we got the Ten of Swords. This is um, the good news with the Ten of Swords is that it's at the end of a swords cycle. So in the Tarot, we have these cycles that happen with each suit. So it's just like a playing card deck, right? You've got your whatever, hearts and clubs and spades and diamonds. And in this case, it's swords, which correspond to the element of air, and cups, which correspond to water, coins or pentacles, which correspond to earth, and who have I left out? Oh, fire, which is the wands, or staffs, or staves. Uh, so, you know, if you think of a playing card deck, like you're playing poker or rummy or something, you've got ace through ten on each suit, right? So you might be trying to collect aces, you might be trying to do a straight or a run, where you're like, you've got the two and the three and the four of hearts. Well, when you look at the tarot you can look at those minor arcana suits and it kind of has a similar feeling. And we can take each of those ace through tens and look at how they fit into kind of a cycle in our lives. This, by the way, is incredibly easy. So it makes it, <laughs> it, makes it really easy to be a tarot reader, right? <laughs> if you notice in your life that you're going through some cycle and maybe that cycle is ready to end, sometimes you'll be pulling a nine or a 10 in your tarot readings. This is telling you, oh, we're getting up to the end of a cycle and it's gonna culminate. Some of them culminate nicely and some of them, some of them look like the 10 of swords, which depicts a person lying on the ground, face down, Ah, oh, with a red cloth over them and ten swords flung into their back and neck. Behind them, we see some water, we see some ocean. We see some hills rising vaguely and blue in the background beyond that water. And then there is a yellow sky just towards the horizon with a black sky above it. So this is not one of those, hey, the one through 10 cycle is gonna end in like everybody's all happy and stuff. Now, that would be the cups, you know, 
Where are the coins? Over here in Swords Land, it's like, okay. So something that's been torturing you in some way, possibly just internally in your mind, or something that preys on your mind, ideas that underpin your thinking, perhaps underpin the thinking of your whole culture, societal issues having to do with power, stuff like that. Some thread has been running for us, those of us who are in, you know, burning Terrorlandia, and it's ready, right? Like this, the way this reading is done with the one, two, three, the first card is like right frickin' now. So right now, you may be feeling the torture of being pinned to the ground. You may be feeling blades coming out of your back. You may feel like you can't move. You can't go get help. Nobody's there with you in this card. It's very, it's lonely. We know that something's going to change because either the sun is going down with that yellowness in the background or a new sun is rising. So nothing's going to stay like this forever. But it's time to culminate something and to feel the swords. You can't, you know, this figure is, is pinned by the swords. You can't just wriggle away from them and be like, well, those are inconvenient. I don't like really thinking about negative thoughts. So I'm just going to leave that sword in my back and go take a walk and I'm going to go, you know, play a game or watch the news. You can't deny this stuff. It has you pinned. And so if you're feeling an overwhelm right now, uh, which could be a personal overwhelm. That's frankly where I've been on and off for several days now. Uh, or you're noticing other people around you freaking the fuck out. Um, or actual bad news coming down the pike. And, and I would say look for bad news that's coming you know, in, uh, in synchronicity with interesting or positive news. So whatever bad news comes down, keep your ear to the ground and see if some other news is also floating in that's kind of related to that within whatever, a 24 or 36 hour period around it. So an example of this would be, you know, you hear that your friend's husband died and you feel terrible for them. Um, But then the next thing you're reading about is that your friend... um, got a promotion that same week. And that's not even happening to your own life, but you can kind of feel the whiplash of these, these things all happening in a short period of time. These things that, that seem to be related. Here's the, here's the negative fate. Here's the positive fate. With the Ten of Swords, we have to sit there and be pinned to the ground. You cannot get away from it. However... It's the end of the journey. You're not going to stay pinned down forever. And with the astrology that we're having right now, the way the planets are going, the way this eclipse is coming, um, I would say this really, you don't have to stay there. But you need to acknowledge it. If you have something that is, uh, it could be literally just a present new piece of bad news. But for many of us, we're going to see that it's related to a longer cycle in our lives 
we're going to go, oh, here's this thing that's been bothering me in different ways over different periods of time with different people, and it bursts through. Some people can keep a good lid on that and smile and nod their way through. People like me are probably going <laughs> to yell in a business meeting. <laughs> what? Did I do that? I did. You know, there's only so much like patriarchal dismissive nonsense from white men in business meetings that I honestly want to deal with in my life. And apparently I've reached, I've reached my point. Wow. So, hey, it's, is that new in my life? No, I've been dealing with this my entire adult life. But this week is where it burst out like a volcano. And there's going to be fallout for that in my life. So I'm sharing that with you because I'm just being honest. Um, that's part of my feeling of Ten of Swords is that things that are bigger than me are pinning me to the ground and I'm sick of lying there and taking it. I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of a culture that tells you you can't even have emotions, much less express them. Because that's womanly. Right? That's what chicks do. We wouldn't want that. So I'm kind of done with it. I may have to increase the number of tarot and astrology readings that I give because maybe that'll have to be my next source of income. <laughs> I walked out on that meeting I'm talking about. So I think I'm done with that particular project and maybe some others as well. So you might have had something like that this week that startled you, even though the um, motivations behind it aren't anything particularly new and special. You may have felt it with a kind of urgency that's new and special. So Ten of Swords is not fun, and I'm not trying to pretend that it is. It is a, a really awful thing to feel. But there is this hope. The way that the Ten of Swords operates is that you have to allow it to transform you. You have to kind of sit with it, and you just got to lie there and bleed until the next thing comes along. You don't have the option of crawling away and fixing everything and calling for help. No one is there. It's just you. You can't fix this one. And it's fine because something else is coming next. In this particular case, uh, this came out pretty freaking great, actually. So what is coming up next? What, for those of us who have some area of our life that really is feeling messed up or miserable or sad or torturous or just kind of over, what's next? Boom! Next is the magician. Yeah. So this is card number one in the major arcana of the tarot. In it, we see, well, what else are we going to see? It's a white man, um, but a fairly androgynous one as is the style of Pamela Coleman-Smith. Pixie is her other name. She's the wonderful illustrator who painted these cards and started a tarot revolution. Such an amazing person. Yay. All right. So we have a yellow background with the, uh, the numeral one at the top of the card. And the magician is like, you know, young white guy. Um, he's got his right hand held up with a baton of some kind or a wand. His left hand is 
pointing down, index finger pointing down. He's got a circlet on his head, and he's got an infinity symbol. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, the figure eight sideways. He's got one of those swirling above his head. He's wearing white and then a red robe over the white. Background is super yellowy. We have a lot of wonderful flowers blooming. She does great floral work, Pixie does. Um, so there's vines and leaves and red and white flowers at the bottom and top of this card. Um, the magician's table features a staff and a sword and a pentacle and a grail or cup or chalice. So the, the four suits that I was talking about earlier, which represent the four elements, very important in Western esoteric tradition, they are all here. And he is, the magician is kind of daring to harness their energies. To ask them to come to his aid and do as he bids. Um, the magician can also be a little bit of a huckster, you know, like a stage magician or somebody on the street with um, those shells, you know, where you have to pick the, the one with the coin under the shell. Uh, he can do some shell game stuff and he can do some illusory magic that, you know, just isn't real. And so when we draw the magician, uh, we should just be wary of that tendency in ourselves and in others. We can do real transformation here, which is what we need from that Ten of Swords. Yes, real, real transformation. New phase, card number one, the magician. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's harness all the things. But let's not get too carried away with ourselves either. Let's not have... Uh, an unrealistic view of what our powers are. Let's not go overboard showing off those powers to other people. And one thing the magician card brings up to me and that magic in general brings up for me is to what degree do we want to do um, a magic that has to do with letting go of our ego, letting go of our will, our presumptuousness about what should happen next and trying to work with flow, which is a female yin way of doing things. Some people call it passive, passive magic. We have such a negative connotation um, to that word passive that I don't know if I'm going to call it that. So the magician card is more of like the active masculine yawn version of magic. It's like, I know what should happen next, and I'm standing impressively in front of you to make it happen. Uh, but I don't think we have to read the magician card that way. This doesn't have to be like, it's Aleister Crowley and Donald Trump standing around a table trying to make something happen. We can use magic our own ways, and uh, we don't have to tie it to that history. And those of us who do have a history in some of those traditions... Uh, when we pull this card, it's not necessarily saying, oh, you got to do that tradition that you already know how to do. That thing you learned from the OTO or the Golden Dawn or your Wicca coven or whatever. It might be comforting to go to those things that you already know. But sometimes this card, I think, invites us to 
reacquaint ourselves with the magic that's there in our everyday lives, that flows through our veins, that gives us energy, and to come to it with this youthful, number one, young guy approach, so that maybe sometimes we need to forget all this fancy stuff we've learned about magic in order to approach the situation again. So a very nice card draw for us. That's coming up in our near future. And this feeling of magic uh, may imbue us and may imbue stuff that's going on around us, whether or not we're really taking action on it. But I get the feeling that it's inviting us to take action. The, the Ten of Swords that we're moving out of, there's a... There's not a lot of action you can do about that, but the sort of magician self inside us is waiting to rescue us. I said earlier, no one's going to rescue us. We're alone. But it's it's another part of ourselves that's going to come to the rescue. Um, and let me think what else. Uh, it can be a good time, particularly given the Samhain season, when the veil between the worlds is very thin. So this is not a bad time to be asking your ancestors for guidance or other people that you've known who have passed to the other side. Good time, very good time for divination. Um, it can be a tricky time for divination and other types of magic. Uh, if you're inexperienced, because there's a heck of a lot going on. And certainly um, on the 7th and 8th, a very big uh, piece of astrology happening. Not just the eclipse, but all this other stuff around it. All these conjunctions and squares and blah de blah de blah So if you don't know what you're doing, you really might not want to meddle with that very hard. <laughs> you know, just, you know, maybe something very calm about it calm little intention setting maybe a little candle but I, I really wouldn't um I really wouldn't venture out into that unless you've been doing this a while you know um yeah so yes to the magician this is, can be a very powerful time watch what you do watch what you wish for even if you're not calling it magic setting an intention setting a goal even a boring, mundane, everyday, banal type of thing is a kind of magic. Setting your will onto something is a kind of magic. So be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you're putting out right now because some power is going to be surging through us. Um, and where's that taking us? Well, our final card, this is kind of where this process is heading, is the Nine of Wands. In this one, we've got a light blue background, like a sky, some green rolling hills in the background as well. And then we've got a line of staffs, wands, staves, whatever you want to call them. And these are representative of fire. So, so this is a highly charged spiritual kind of energy and potency. We, we turn to fire for transformation, but also for initiation, initiating a new cycle, transforming something super fast, 
the earth can transform things. Like if you've done any spell work where you bury something, that's very powerful. Um, drowning rituals. <laughs> Some of you who listen to this used to do drowning rat with me, right? And, and I love a good drown. But fire is really kind of a super fun way of transforming stuff. Um, and many of you are Burning Man folks, and that's what, where the word burning and burning tarot, that's where it comes from, because I did an art project and a burning tarot deck, a couple of different tarot decks uh, at Burning Man. So a lot of you get it, you know, fire, boom, that just, it's an instant way of transforming things. So it's nice to start with something um, awful, <laughs> like a ten of swords, go through something very hopeful and youthful, the magician with a lot of power, major arcana, and then wend our way over here to the nine of fire, the nine of wands. And what we see in front of those staffs or wands is um, is a person holding a staff, kind of leaning on it a little, and got a bandage around their head. Looks like maybe their clothes are torn, but they're not um, falling down. They're not bleeding all over the place. I call this the bloodied but unbowed card, like if you remember back to the old poem. So this is somebody who's been through battle and... uh, you know, is tired <laughs> and he has a slightly crazy look on his face, you know, but he's got this staff in his hand and if you mess with him, he's going to bump you with it and he's not abandoning his post if he's here to guard. And in some decks, he's more clearly like taking a guardian position, like he's been wounded, he's come back from the battle and, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, imagery in these in these tarot cards that harkens back to medieval and or renaissance times and, and an idea of what that would be like. So if you don't like uh, metaphors of violence or kings and queens or gender, <laughs> like the tarot is going to be difficult for you to navigate. But if you're okay with using those metaphors, you know, this guy's probably just been to war and he's brave enough to stand here despite his wounds. And and he's basically okay. This isn't a super celebratory card like, yay, everything came out exactly how I wanted it to. Um, or I won this battle. I was at the lead on my horse. That's more like the six of wands, which I think we drew recently. I'm losing track. A lot of people have been buying readings lately. And so there's just been a lot of cards flowing through my fingers. Um, so this isn't that, but it's got a solidity to it. This person is loyal. They are loyal to their sense of what is right They're loyal to the people who they believe deserve to lead. And for those causes, they are willing to fight. They're willing to go to war. They're willing to get hurt. And then even after they get hurt, they're willing to stand up and say, okay, 
I'm still needed. I'm really worn out, but I'm not going to abandon my post. I'm here. I'm really here. So we're going from being totally wounded and thrown to the ground to the magician, you know, performing alchemy on our own selves. And at the end of that, we come to see ourselves for what we are, at least in this time in our lives. And I would say that this is probably just taking us up through the next week and through a difficult election cycle for those of us who are in the United States. I know some of our European listeners um, are a lot closer to the war there, and that is frightening. It feels very real. Um, over here in the States, when we read about Ukraine, it's, you know, it's somewhere over there across the ocean. But I know that um, some of our listeners in Europe are feeling very uncomfortable about how close that is. And when you hear um, Vladimir Putin threatening nukes, you know, it's it's their backyard. So, um, you know, and obviously there have been a lot of upheavals in, in various places all over the globe recently, Brazil and India. And most of our listeners are in uh, places known for speaking English. So India, Australia, New Zealand, a lot of UK, United States, etc. But we do have listeners in other places as well. So I want to acknowledge that wherever you are, something is probably going on. And I wish you the very best in dealing with it. And I don't mean to be uh, just Eurocentric and United States-centric. Um, but that's where I happen to be. And of the people who've been getting in touch with me, most of them are in UK, US, sometimes other places as well. Um, and so we know what we face like politically or culturally, or at least we know a little bit. We know we're facing something. And it relates to our personal lives as well. They're interwoven. You can't just turn off the news and have that turn off all the influences that affect whether you can get housing, how much your food costs, whether you get treated a certain way because of your gender or the color of your skin or the religion you were born into. Turning off the news doesn't turn off any of that stuff. So we're part of our world and culture. I don't mean that to suggest that you should wallow in the news, which I'm afraid I have been doing. <laughs> I'm trying to write this editorial that I want to write for a larger newspaper than the one that I usually write for. Um, so that's been my excuse, and it's been... I'm not sure I should be reading that much news. But I just wanted to point out that these larger things, whatever these planetary and woo-woo influences are, the gods, the planets, the natural disasters, and the beauty of the natural world, the political world, the social world, your county, your village, your house, your partnership, your child, you know, it's all these kind of circles of where our energies go. And this is a time when we're reminded that, that there's not very good boundaries between all those different circles. 
The veil is thin right now between all those different layers of our earthly lives and also between our world and the woo-woo out there other world on the other side of the veil, which is, we're not sure what that is. Spirit realm seems to be a place where dead people go when they their bodies are, are dead, but they still have something to say. Um, spirit guides might be there. You can put your gods there, your angels, your spirits, your guardians. So uh, for Samhain season, there is a thinning of the veil. And I would say there's a thinning of the boundaries between all those different areas of our lives. Maybe those boundaries are never terribly strong, especially for some of us. But right now, it's more noticeable. Our attention is drawn to it. So when we come out the other side of all this craziness, I think that we're going to we're going to feel pretty determined. We are going to feel that we have courage and strength. We are going to as the 9 of wands. We're going to recognize that we have transformational powers. And we're going to recognize that we've actually been going through a transformation ourselves as individuals and perhaps also our groups. Families, tribes, churches, states, countries. We are not going to feel great. We're going to have some wounds. Okay, we can deal with that. It's so much better than being pinned to the earth by ten swords. We can, we can handle, you know, having some wounds to tend to. I would say that is one important factor to keep in mind. Whatever it is that's happening to each of us as we go through some kind of transformation here, Let's come out of it honoring our wounds. Um, think of at the end, not even at the end, think of during the Vietnam War, as they called it in America, or the American War, as they called it in Vietnam. Uh, soldiers came back to a transformed society and where they had grown up in a culture where if you went to war for America as a soldier, you were a good guy. And you'd come home and there'd be a ticker tape parade and you'd get to kiss some random nurse in the street without asking for consent and somebody would take your picture and it would be great. And then you'd have, you know, of course, World War II veterans had all sorts of difficulties that were not dealt with well back in the olden days. We didn't have words like PTSD back when my grandpa came back from World War II. Um... But at least the nation largely was united in celebrating the fact that these people had done this brave act, even if they were, um, you know, they, had, they were drafted. They didn't volunteer necessarily. They still went and did the work, and people were appreciative. Well, after Vietnam and during Vietnam, soldiers came home to find that a lot of the population was not supporting the war that they had fought in, and there was a lot of derision and hatred and dismissiveness toward those who had gone over and fought. And some of that hatred was really a hatred of war. But it came out as a hatred toward the individual men, mostly men, who had gone off to war. And so a process of appreciation and tending to your wounds and feeling supported 
as you come back out of battle, metaphorical or literal, as in the case of Vietnam. I think we should all be treating ourselves uh, a little more like the World War II veterans and not like how so many Vietnam veterans were treated. We should be tending to our wounds and each other's wounds. We should be celebrating whatever small victories we are taking out of the situation and um, encouraging others to be celebratory as well. And resting. I mean, if you want to get better, you got to rest. There's some um, vigilance in the Nine of Wands. So you're not really quite ready to rest yet. But if you do get the opportunity, be a good idea to take it. And if you don't feel like your own fight has been going on recently, or like with the elections and that kind of thing, if it hasn't really struck you personally, or you don't like politics, or you haven't had time or energy to engage uh, as an activist, or to try to get people to vote, or whatever, make sure you celebrate those around you who have taken the time to do that, or who have risked... Um, you know, when you're the way things are these days in the States, those of us who are out out um, and promoting candidates and encouraging people to vote and things like that, we're kind of targets. In my little small town, um, multiple people who come from the progressive side. So in the States, that would be considered um Oh, people who want to have like health care for everybody, like they have in normal countries, developed countries, um, that kind of thing. Equal rights, that, that sort of stuff. So progressives um, who write letters to the editor in our little small town area will later um, receive anonymous letters in their mailboxes. Unsigned letters delivered directly to your mailbox. So it's a way of saying, ha we know where you live. And the letters aren't overtly threatening. Um, but they're, tr- but they're, they're trying to threaten us. They're trying to say, hey, we know where you live. It's really creepy. Um, so that's just a minor thing that might happen to you if you're vocal. And you might not be willing to take that risk. Well, go thank somebody who did take that risk. Thank somebody like me who writes a newspaper column. You know, I don't know if some lunatic is going to come out of the woods with an AR-15 style automatic weapon against me and my family. (laughs) You know, some days I fear that kind of thing. Other days it sounds paranoid. But it would be a very good time to thank the people who are out there, um, agitating or gently promoting uh, voting rights, Um, doing activism on behalf of the environment, the animals. Give them some love. Tell them thanks. You be the person who writes the letter to the editor or posts on Instagram and say, I just want to thank everybody who hustled to get out the vote, even though this candidate lost, you know, or, or yay, this candidate won, and I'm just a regular citizen, but I really want to thank everybody in my community who I know worked really hard to try to make this happen. Especially if there's any ballot measures you're aware of 
um, that feel important to you personally. Um, again, speaking about veterans in my area, in my county, uh, we're in Oregon here, and Oregon voters have approved psilocybin um, to be used as a therapeutic substance. I think we we're the first in the United States. And then the county that I'm in, our voters also voted and said, yep, that's a good idea. Psilocybin therapy that helps people, particularly people with PTSD, including veterans. And we have a couple of um, Republican conservative um, county commissioners and who really just weren't happy with the will of the people. So they sent it back to us again. We have to vote on this thing again on our ballot. So that would be something where I would feel strongly about it. Like, well, of course we should have this. Come on, you guys. We've already voted for it. Like, how many times do we have to vote for this thing? Um, and so that would be an example if you felt that way. Like, sure, veterans should have access to psilocybin therapy in our county. Uh, you, could, you could write a letter saying, I'm so glad this measure passed. Thanks, everybody who tried to get the word out. All right, now I'm ranting about politics. I'll try to stop. But this is a this is a, a very political transformation that I'm seeing in these cards. That nine of wands really speaks to our relationship to larger fights, to being part of a group of people that are willing to fight for something and who want to take up a defensive position after they've been wounded. It doesn't necessarily tell us you're going to be right, you're going to be wrong, you're going to be successful, you're going to lose. But it does tell us that we are strong and courageous. And and we're ready. If I think with that magician there as well, th this combination of cards says we're ready to be wounded and we are ready to heal. And we're ready to show how strong we are. We have strength. Uh, we have loyalty, which is a wonderful quality. And, um, and we're not just going to slink off into the corner and disappear when things get tough. You can't pin us down with ten swords. We will not stay pinned to the ground. We'll be there for a little while. We have to have that suffering in order to transform. But then, boom, you got a magician on your hands. <laughs> You've got a nine of swords, I'm sorry, nine of staves, nine of wands, standing there, defending. So I find this very inspiring. And uh, it gives me hope in terms of how much effort I do put in uh, to larger community and political issues and stuff like that. And um, to know that I'm that I'm part of a group of people and there, some of them are all over the world, like people who listen to this podcast, people involved in some woo-woo communities that I like on the internet. And then some of them are just right here, just down the road, raising sheep or putting out a small town newspaper or roasting coffee. You know, I'm part of something small and something big. And uh, I like seeing these cards and getting that feeling of, we're going to do this thing. We're in it for the good long haul. And the setbacks and misery that we happen to face along the way, as everyone does in their lives, right? This is life. 
those aren't going to keep us down for very long. All right, my friends, it is lovely as ever to talk to you. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. We do have a special reading available right now for this eclipse portal that we're in, um, a.k.a. a dragon hole. Such a funny phrase. Um, the eclipse portal opened up at the new moon. Theoretically, it closes at the eclipse on election day. But it sets up uh, a pattern that um, that we're going to be feeling for the next six months. So from this eclipse series, this eclipse portal, all the way through the next one, which will be in May of 2023. So if you would like a reading about how that is particular to you, uh, it's temporarily available on my website for the sale price of 50 bucks. And we will pull cards against it. Uh, if you've had a birth chart reading with me, like an astrological natal reading, um, I can pull that up as well when we look at it. So it'll be a combination of like tarot and transit reading, little mixture. Um, if you haven't had a natal reading, you can at least tell me like what your sun sign is, maybe your moon and rising. And I'll use that as well when I pull the cards to tell you about how this eclipse six months, you know, uh, is likely to play out for you or what are some overarching themes that might be important. Uh, TiffanyLeeBrown.com is where you go to get that. You're looking for a link that says shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. If you're not on my email list, I highly encourage you to sign up. Um, that There's a link there too. I don't know where it is. It's under, look under contact. It'll be under there. Uh, and sometimes I will send out coupons and discounts and things through that. And I think that's about it. All right. Wow. What a season. Bye.